Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear King. We praise thee, O Lord. We worship thee, O God. Everybody said praise the Lord. In the Bible this morning, the book of Luke. I'm very glad you're here, each and every one. Good to have you right in God's presence with us. The book of Luke this morning. Luke chapter 11. I'll begin with verse 1 of Luke chapter 11. It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And, when, and he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within, everybody said he from within, shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. You and I, all of us, we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Often likened the body unto a frosted light bulb, that which you see visible. And then the inside, there is what's called a filament. I guess that's what Mr. Edison worked on so hard. And at the thank God he didn't quit at 999 experiments, he went on and got 1,000 experiment, and boom, it worked. And here we are this morning, all these years later. So that filament, that is your that is your spirit, body, soul, spirit. Your spirit is like that filament. And your soul is life. It's the fact that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul or a living life, like when the electricity hits the light bulb and it hits the filament and it lights up and here we go. So it is you are a body, a soul, and a spirit. We see the body and we see the obviousness of life that we walk and we talk and we see and we do this and we do that and we do the other. We breathe. Okay? So we've got those two. But there is that part, that spirit that we don't see 
naturally, if you please. We don't see that. And that's what the writer here, I want to work on for just a little bit, on waking up that which is inside that has the gifts. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The Bible teaches that the Almighty God, and please get it in your head, that God, who is our Father, is a spirit. He is invisible. You've got to get that set in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. You've got to get that understanding, that revelation. Ask the Lord to open your understanding that you might understand that. God is not an old man barely getting around in a cane or something like that. Not at all. He is a spirit, okay? So natural thinking has to go out the window, enter spiritual thinking. Jesus certainly introduced that to a very wise individual. At least he was wise in this world. and uh, But I'd say he was delving in to the world to come, the real thing. When he came and said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do the miracles that thou doest, except the Spirit be with him. And so Jesus told him, you must be born again. And you, without that, you can't see or enter the kingdom of God. Born again of water and of the Spirit. So the point being that it was time to leave the natural thinking and begin to start thinking spiritually. I mentioned to somebody this morning that I felt like they were uh, fairly intelligent and that I'm kind of counting on their powers of observation to see how things are done and consequently then how things are not done. Things that we do, things that we don't do because of the Bible, obviously. We're, we're trying to adhere to God's Word. We want His mind, His thinking, His wisdom. Everybody said amen. We, we don't want natural, I'm trying to say. We want the spiritual. We want the godly. And that's why here came a guy filled with all kinds of natural knowledge. And uh, But Jesus went, wham, bypassed all of that, went straight to, you must be born again. All of this starts with being born again. The church is a soul-saving station. The body of Christ, it, has, it was... As Jesus came in the flesh, that was the visible manifestation. That was the invisible showing himself visibly. Okay? That was the Father in the Son, the Spirit in the flesh. That's what that boils down to. Okay. And so, as he went about doing good in the flesh, and people got jealous and unbelieving and began to fight him, and they didn't believe the things that he was, was going on and he was saying. And he said, he said, if you don't believe I'm who I say I am, he said, then believe me for the very work's sake. Wake up to the spiritual realm. Wake up to what's going on. Quit fighting it. The Bible said that they, 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 got, they were just looking for ways to catch him. What a terrible waste of time in life. And energy. And in doing that, it was because they had 
hidden agendas. They had motivations that were not spiritual. He, he told them, he said, you, you make a big deal, and he called them frauds. He said, you make a big deal and nitpick about so many things that are only outward and uh, people see, and, 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 uh, but you're not, you got it kind of backwards. He said, you're not dealing with the inside here. You're not dealing with the important part. We need the balance of that. We've got to, we've got to get that inward cleaned up. And um, they would go right off and they'd get mad and in their heart and they'd take counsel together, the Bible said, how they might destroy him. They were not motivated by the right spirit, I'll tell you that. And, uh, and so, as Jesus continued to go about doing good, you know, you're never going to, the devil will never be able to stop the church. He will never defeat the church. That doesn't mean he's not going to fight. Doesn't mean he's not going to argue. Doesn't mean that he's not going to take issue. Doesn't mean that he's not going to come up with the most ridiculous things in, in, in his arsenal uh, and throw it at the church. And here he is, a, a loser. You know, wouldn't you, we, we know we're born losers, but we're reborn winners. Jesus said, you must be born again. Let's get reborn. Let's get the born again experience because that's where it all starts at. Here they are fighting him and taking counsel to destroy him. If they would have just listened to what he said and done it. In other words, believe him. If, if you believe, you do. And so he told them, repent or you're going to perish. But they didn't repent. They didn't turn away from the old paths and embrace the new spiritual path. They wanted to continue in the old way because they'd figured out, you know, they'd, they'd had the, the old law for so long and generational and handed down. They, they'd figured out loopholes and little ways around things and all kinds of arguments. And, and uh, their hearts just got darker and harder and more stubborn and more unbelieving. Even to the point that the Lord said it, and if you read the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, and it's quoted more than once in one chapter, how that he talked about harden not your hearts. And then he alluded to, as in the day of provocation, what took place in the Old Testament. He brought up history, their history. And it didn't read very good. It didn't read very well at all. Matter of fact, that's what got Stephen stoned. Because Stephen came red hot out of the upper room. And going out, telling everybody, preaching this message, and he evidently was quite the historian. And as he read them their history, they got so mad that they ran upon him and gnashed on him with their teeth. There was an article in the newspaper the other day about a man that, that uh, just the other day, that bit off the ends of his fingernails, chewed them, uh, not his finger, I'm sorry, his fingers, not the nails, the fingers themselves, the skin. Because he didn't want to be fingerprinted. Yeah. Well, we had a young man uh, that occasionally comes to church here, and I certainly wished he would come back and come more. But um, he he was in uh, he was a guard in the prison, and uh, they were having an uprising, and they were trying to control it. And he said he watched a man literally 
eat his own flesh. Right down his finger, just eat it. Just devils, evil spirits, agitated, fighting, hateful, and out to destroy. And these people would take counsel and they'd want to fight Jesus. And Jesus pointed out to them their history. And he said, listen, he said, uh, which of you, if you had a, should I put it in our, our time? Which of you would have a brand new spanking car with 32 and a real thump thump going on, big bass going on in there? And it rolled off into the ditch. Which of you, their big thing was the Sabbath day. Which of you wouldn't go get it? You know good and well you're going to go get it. And them 32s alone are probably worth about 20-something thousand dollars, much less the rest of the vehicle. Yeah. So he said, which of you having something? And it goes into the ditch that you wouldn't on the Sabbath day go get it. That's why he called them hypocrites because he said, and here we've got this, this gentleman here, this poor fella, and his, he's in need of healing. And you want to get mad at me? You want to destroy me because I do good on the Sabbath day? Hey, church family, it's really never, never wrong to do right, to do good. Jesus is going about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And they're taking counsel to destroy it. They want to destroy him. They want to stop this. Well, that's what I'm telling you. That old devil, he's out to stop this. Somehow, some way. And you and I do not want to be one of his instruments. We do not want to be an instrument of unrighteousness. Quite the, the contrary. We want to be an instrument of righteousness. And know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. See, the choice is yours. A choice is yours. Here's a guy pounding on the door in a time of need, recognizes the need. He's aware of it. Well, if you're not aware of your need, look in the mirror. Public enemy number one. Right there looking at you. Your worst, next to the devil, your worst enemy. The one that's trying to hinder you and fight you every day. Your flesh. The old man. And we're all born, as I said, losers. We're born behind the eight ball, so to speak. But here comes our God. Woo! Here he comes. Come on, how'd he come? Meek and lowly. Sitting on a donkey. Riding down the middle of town. People that had been doing it for so long. They start telling Jesus, you need to tell everybody to be quiet. You need to tell them to chill and calm down. I got too much worship going on there. Sister William, you're losing too much weight, sweating too much up there. Praying so hard, singing so hard. Got to calm it down. And Jesus said, I'll tell you what. 
He said, if these hold their peace, he said, the very stones are going to cry out. Well, guess what? The stones are crying out. The sick, the infirm, the sinful, the lost, the dying, the, the people that don't know anything, the left hand from the right, if you please, they're coming in. They're coming in. God's saving them. God's pulling them out of the fire. Little Mr. and Mrs. Nobody. Not the religious people that got it all figured out when they really don't. No. No, the Lord is reaching for the hungry. He said, I didn't come for the just. I didn't come for the whole. I came for the sinner. I came for the sick. I came for the down and out. I came for them. I came for them. Yeah. There's a need. There's a need. There's a tremendous need. And the need was so great that the guy starts pounding on the door. Pounding on the door. All of this is being taught on the heels of teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Pounding on the door. And uh, I have a need. I have a need. There's those that are before me. And he's claiming I have nothing to give them. You know what? He's right. Because on the outward, we don't have anything. We really don't have anything. I had a, in witnessing, first come in the church and I was in a park and I, I would go to that park quite regularly and I'd invite people to church. And uh, I was so in, full of <laughs> zeal, I guess you could call it, that uh, I went to my pastor and I said, I've invited all kinds of people. They told me they're coming. I said, I need help. I need, I need some men with some cars. And so they drove. Because, see, I, I worked downtown. Our church was up a little bit further. I wouldn't call it uptown. It was just north of downtown. And, uh, and so on my break and lunch and all that, when I would witness in the park. And so, uh, but it was about a 15-mile drive from the church down to this park. So the men got up, and they went down there, and lo and behold, Everybody I invited didn't come. Nobody showed. Park was empty. So, um, obviously, they went and they complained to my pastor. <laughs> he just said, Well, sometimes you go fishing and you have a water haul. In other words, you put down the net and when you pull it back up, all you get is water. <laughs> and that runs through the net anyway. So, you really come up with nothing. But uh, what I'm saying to you is that. That doesn't mean there wasn't need. There was need. There were people that were very needy. And we could we could do a lot for people as the church. We we have a clothing bank downstairs. We'll give people clothing. We did a reach down here at the loading ramp and we give away gave away all kinds of clothes and all kinds of food. I remember we had a little concession stand and the different women in the church. You know what they liked better than anything? They liked the hot dogs. So we gave away lots of hot dogs. And uh, we do that. Well, when I, my point was that when I went to the park, there was one young man sitting there one day. And he, he was a student at the University of Miami. 
he told me. And he said that um, he was studying some type of oceanography so that he could learn how to breed the native fish in certain areas of islands where the people were remote and lost. and Well, he wouldn't use the word lost, but hungry and, and dying, starving to death, I guess, malnutrition. So he wanted to go and teach them how to breed the fish in their local waters so they wouldn't starve to death. And so I told him, I, you know, you're, you're looking for a way to witness. And so I said, well, you know, I said, that's very admirable. I said, but the bottom line is, I said, no matter how many fish you breed and how many fish they eat, the day's going to come when they're going to die. And of course, he had to acknowledge that truth. And I said, so what you're going to do for them is natural, and it's only going to carry so far. I said, what I'm offering to you and what then you consequently could go offer to them would be eternal. It would be spiritual. And so it would take them beyond this life. It would what, what our Lord is offering is eternal life. Eternal life. So I'm saying to you that Jesus was trying to teach us that yes, there's a need. And what you have on the outside is not adequate. It falls short. So we got a pound on the door. He's teaching how to pray. He's telling you, ask, seek. You know, you're going to find it. But you've got to get some importunity. You've got to get some continual knocking. You can't give up. And what your goal is, what you want to realize, is that, remember, you have an inner man, the real you, that you don't see when you look in the mirror. The real you. You want to wake him up. You want to wake up that person inside. Okay? And obviously, the inside fella, person, had the gift. He had the bread. He had everything that was needed. Come on, pound it away. Give me, give me, give me. I need this. I need that. I need the other. Let's wake up that man inside. Forgive the word man, ladies. Okay? It's not gender. Okay? Let's wake up that person inside. That's why one reason we're going to come to church. One reason we're going to come to pre-service prayer and prayer meetings and involvements in the church because we want to wake up the inner person, the one that's going to live somewhere for all of eternity. The Bible tells you the guy that, that went about and had the finest of everything. And he'd look at the church and look down at it. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> he didn't. He thought Lazarus was a loser. But your Bible teaches the day came when he who had everything, he who, like the nine, who chased after all of their own ambitions and their worldly pursuits. Jesus is looking at one individual and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, weren't there ten? Where's the nine? Well, they were out. They got healed. They were fine. And they took off. But this one guy comes back to church. I've always said, I hope God gives every, blesses every one of you with a limo. 
or a new job or a raise. But don't take that and disappear. Let's wake up the man inside. Let's get the inner person awakened to reality, to eternity, to spiritual, to life. Hey, church first. Church first. That's the same as saying Jesus first. He's the head of the church. We got one guy standing before the Lord praising and worshiping. That's the guy. That's the person. That's the man. That's the woman. That's the boy. That's the girl. That's going to be happy. That's going to be blessed. That's going to be well favored. Wake up. Pounding away. Why is a preacher preach so hard? Why are we praying so hard? Why are we singing so hard? Because we're trying to wake up the man inside. We're trying to awaken. The Bible tells you to awaken to righteousness. And to sin not. He's telling you, don't do that. Don't be involved with that. Get away from that. And that's a reality that we all need to hear and be reminded of. As Peter said, I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. We're trying to be involved with what will help keep our minds pure because the world is filled with impurity, particulate matter. Yeah, just filled with it. All kinds of bad stuff in the environment. And it wants to, it just gets in your system and makes your lungs have to work very hard to keep that stuff out from uh, ruining you and destroying you and diseasing you. And uh, we've got to realize in this, there is a war for your soul, for your spiritual life, and that we're trying to awaken the spiritual. We're trying to awaken that which has the weapons that are of God. They're mighty through God. They can combat what you can't do outwardly. You're defenseless outwardly. The natural things have no effect in the spiritual realm whatsoever. We need the, that inner man. That's why the guy was pounding. I, I don't really have anything to, to meet the needs. And the guy inside is saying, well, uh, we're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the point. you got to wake up. Let's wake up. Let's wake up to reality. Let's wake up to, to what's really going on in this world in which we live. That people are lost and they are dying. And you got people going around. I've got, well, as long as i got my little feather nested, you know, as long as I'm comfy and cozy, as long as i got my little blanket and my thumb, everything's good. But we've got to wake up, church family. We've got to wake up to the need. You must be born again. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. You're never going to understand. You're never going to be able to grasp. The religious people were all over the place. And Jesus was upbraiding them. He was so aggravated with them. What did the Jamaicans say? The aggravation. <laughs> it was very Jesus was very aggravated. <laughs> because they were so full of just religion. 
man made ideas trying to find God their own ways and trying to get around this and get around that and slip under that and slip over. And Jesus said, there is no other way. You've got to come through me. You've got to be born again of water and the Spirit. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he said, you know what? If you, being evil by nature, in my flesh dwells no good thing. If you, being evil by nature, born a loser, born a sinner, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. He said, how much more to your heavenly Father? How much more is it his good pleasure? It just pleases him to give the Holy Ghost to them that are knocking and that they won't quit knocking. Isn't that what the teaching in the Bible about the judge? Even called him an unjust judge. Aren't we fortunate? We deal with a just judge. <laughs> we deal with the judge of all, the God of all, who is love. Now, he's not compromised, but he's love. And said that a widow woman would come and knock on the judge's door. And he, he didn't want to be bothered with it. There was no money in that. <laughs> right? Well, why bother with her? She kept knocking. And so the judge, being a little bit on a, a cut above the average, he, he said, well, you know, he said, I realize that I might as well just go ahead and take care of this pesky little situation because it's going to just not go away. It's going to pester me to death. And so the lesson was about that importunity again, that continual coming, that continual knocking, that Jesus said, pray without ceasing. That it's like the woman that, that had a problem and she said, Lord, she said, now you know I'm not going to go to sleep until you answer me. She said, I'm not going to get in that warm bed between those nice sheets. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm funny like that. I like my sheets at the house. I like them old and rumpled. And my wife will bring in the new ones, you know, all cleaned and put them in the washing machine, got them all done, you know, make the bed. And I get in there and I'm like, oh! And she loves it because she knows that that's going to happen. She thinks it's a big joke. <laughs> and I'm wanting to take those things and rip them into shreds. You know? But uh, that mother said, she said, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to get in that warm bed until you answer. Importunity. Keep knocking, gonna keep asking, gonna keep seeking. Gonna wake up the inside, the inner person. The one that the writer wrote to the church about strengthening the inner man. Strengthening the inner man. Giving him strength. Or her strength, if you please. That inner person. That spiritual person. You know, that's what makes the light shine brighter. And the book did talk about doing that to make it a burning and a shining light. It's going to wake that up. It's going to bring forth, you've got what we need. The gifts are there. Come on, open up. Let us have those gifts. 
let us have what we need to meet the need. Because everything they're feeding on in this world is falling short. The guy went around and he had everything. He looked down his nose at the church. <laughs> you don't get to do this. You don't get to go there. You don't get to, you know, have all. The, I, I had, we had a guy one time, the poor guy. He was, a, for a long time, he was a very good man in the church and uh, easy to handle, just a, a nice guy. And, um, but he, he backslid. He just, he just quit not getting the inner man stirred up. And the Bible did say about stir up the gift of God. And it wasn't, it wasn't getting stirred up. And after a period of years, uh, he quit coming to church. Got him a motorcycle. And, you know, a lot of odd things. Flying airplanes. That's funny. You know, when I came into church, I let the airplane go. You know, and here we got somebody that's in the church and they're seeking after, you know, the very things that other people have been delivered from. It gets a little odd. It gets a little contradictory, church family. Uh, we want to get, we want to really get on fire here. We want to turn this up to where it's a blaze. It's a, it's a shining, burning fire inside of us that we're so excited about the things of God. We want to keep that excitement about us. All right. I don't, I don't need a comic book of or a video, or a movie of superheroes. I have the superhero. <laughs> There's no greater superhero than Jesus Christ. And I want our young people to know that. The other is fake and phony and cartoon and Hollywood driven. It's not real. Jesus is real. The gifts and the miracles that come from the inside sent down from heaven, they're real. Don't give up knocking. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't backslide. This guy, after all those years of serving and living for God, he made a statement. He said, oh, he said, man, I always wanted a ponytail. That's it? You're going to turn your back on eternal life. You're going to let the fire die down and basically go out, which was forbidden in the Old Testament. Because you want a ponytail? Oh, what a what a sorry trade that is. You know? And this guy, he's he's going everywhere, doing everything, ignoring the church. Dissing the church came to pass, as I told the, the graduate student, U of M, going to die. And the Bible said that that's what happened. He died. And when he died, the Bible said he lifted up his eyes in hell, in torment. Bad situation. Eternally bad situation. What we have is a failure to stir up and wake up the inner man or person. And God is saying, I want to I feed you. I'm 
sending my word. I'm sending my wisdom. I'm pouring out my spirit. I'm reaching for you. One place he said, all day long, outstretched arms, calling you, calling you, calling you. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Trying to help him. Trying. God, who one writer said, who is my help? He is my help. The Lord is my helper. I don't have to fear. I don't have to waller in unbelief and fear and doubt. I can believe. And that's really what it comes down to. I teach a Bible study on Wednesday mornings at a place of business over at the mall, the Wellington Mall. And uh, I give the example to them. I said, if I told you that this restaurant was on fire and you believed me, I said, you would get up and you would get out of here. And they agreed. They agreed. And I said, if you believe, that spurs you to action. You're going to do something. Jesus said, repent in his word. Multiple times. You know, he, he started the church off with the first message. Gave the words to the apostle Peter. In answer to the question, what shall we do? What's the next step? What would you have us to do? You've told us. You've preached to us. You've convinced us. Now what? Then Peter said unto them, repent. So if you're believing, you're going to do that. You're going to change your direction, your way of thinking. Because you're sorry for the old things that you did and the attitude you displayed and thoughts you thought, activities that you partook in, and so on and so forth. You know? The rich, departed rich man in hell, maybe he came straight off of Palm Beach. And his eyes are lifted up. Now all he wants to look to heaven now. Now he's seeing the church in a completely different light because he he sees the church cradled in the everlasting arms of the almighty God and he's calling for the church now to come not asking for a ponytail not asking for a speedboat not asking for 32, not asking for a new suit, not wanting more money. He's just wanting somebody to dip their finger in water and come and touch the end of my tongue, my parched tongue, because I'm in torment. I'm in torment. All the things that was pounding away, pounding away, pounding away. Wake up! And were ignored. Now they're important. Now they're important. God help every one of us to realize the beautiful opportunity that's right in front of us. 
that we have right now. It doesn't take physical strength. It doesn't take great intelligence. It does not take money. The Bible tells you people try to buy with money that which cannot profit. And he's telling you, I'm just looking for your faith. I'm looking for you to believe me. Why won't you knock on the door? Why won't you wake up the inner man? Because later on he's going to wake up. Later on he's going to wake up. And he's going to he's going to get very prayerful. He's, he's going to call for help. He's going to get a burden. I've got five family members. Please send somebody back from the dead and tell them not to come here. Don't come visit me. Some people are going to be lost because of family. Because they don't put church first. They put family first. Okay? And if God reaches into a family and puts you out, saves you, delivers you, gives you a mind to comprehend the wisdom of God. You know, the Bible said that if anybody didn't hate their mother, father, you're saying that's in the Bible. Oh, that's in the Bible. And it named everything, every kind of relationship. It said, he said, then you're not worthy of it. Now, what's he saying? What he's saying is you've got to hate their carnal, natural, worldly, sinful ways. That's what it's saying. That I'm, you're being pulled out. You're being saved. You're being delivered from things that once totally were you. And we've got your inner man awake. You're repenting. You're being baptized in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And it's for the remission or the full pardon of all of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins. And then it's his good pleasure to complete the born-again experience in your life by giving you the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of eternal life. And now that you're born again, now that you're pulled out of sin and delivered from sin, now that the inside is clean, then there will come an outward change for the good. And, and your, your light will be a great light and it will shine. And there'll be some people that will do like they did to Moses, put a veil over that, hide that. It's too bright for us. It's too convicting. Too convicting. They run from You've got to love Jesus. You've got to church first. You've got to do that. We're talking about waking up what's inside of you. The potential. The spirituality that's inside of you. Without that waking up and being put to use, there's not going to be any light. You can have a beautiful 
frosted globe. But you know, if you shake that, you can hear that shaking around in there. That means it's not going to light up because it's broken. That filament's broken. That that you can't see is broken. That's us. We are broken in sin. We are lost in sin. We are lightless in sin. But he gives us this born again. He lights us up. He puts it all together, makes it all work right. Now, when you get that experience, again, we've got to labor. We've got to work spiritually to get to keep this stirred up, to keep this more important than a ponytail or whatever it is that's benign or presuming. We want to be that one to come back. We want to be that one that comes back. Our hands are up. We're praising Him. We're worshiping Him. We're loving Him. We're thanking Him. We're appreciative of all that He has done. That has, what did it say in prophecy? That they valued me. The value. Judas sold out. They say in modern-day money, it would be about $20. Did you read about the guy in the paper the other day? He had a job quite a few years in a mansion in Palm Beach. He was like a caretaker type thing or a groundskeeper, something. But he had, he had uh, worked there, and he had access. He, they had, he, he was trusted. And, um, but he, in being able to access in and out of the house, he saw where the woman of the house kept her valuables. And so he went in and he took the valuables. And uh, being the smart fellow that he was, he took him down to the pawn job. And they gave him $2,000. tracked it to the pawn shop and they got him and arrested him and he lost his position he lost the trust that he had he lost his job and his income for two thousand dollars that was his ponytail that was his ponytail where are the nine well this one went for a ponytail and this one went for the pawn shop, and you know, this one went here, and this one went there, and this one. But the one that really got Jesus' attention was the one that came back. It was the one that came back and worshiped him, and thanked him, and praised him, and got the picture of what this is all about. He got the inside awakened, and he's keeping it awake. Keeping it. He's keeping himself in a position where. The gift can be stirred up and re-stirred by, if you please, way of remembrance. We've got a guy on the wrong side of things of eternity, and he's praying and burdened and begging, send somebody back. And don't come, don't come here. Don't come here. 
thirsty here. I'm in torment here. There's no end to it. I'm in darkness here. The Bible called the chains of darkness. Don't come here. Go warn them. And you know what the answer came back from heaven? Number one, we can't come to where you're at, and you can't come to where we're at. The big gap between us. You're wanting to come where we're at, but we're not wanting to go where you're at. And uh, along with that, uh, they wouldn't believe if we sent one back from the dead. They wouldn't believe it. They have what I've given to them to wake up the man inside. I've given them my church. I've given them the prophets and the word of God. He said, if they won't hear that, they won't hear one though he rose from the dead. And you know, church family, I've found that to be true. I've found that to be true. You can give somebody scripture, open the Bible, Tom, everybody, open the Bible, and you can, you can show them chapter and verse. They'll read it, and you'll even probably quote it to them out loud. And they just want to jump over to something else. No one rose from the dead. He said, they, they're not going to believe it. And the world is going to be divided. I can't tell you the percentage. It's going to be divided into the believers and the unbelievers. Let's get to where we start believing what Jesus said. And where we keep believing what Jesus has said. Okay? We keep believing. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep worshiping. We're going to keep magnifying Him. We're going to keep calling on His name. We're going to keep knocking on your door. We're going to keep witnessing and talking to you. We're going to keep letting our light so shine before men that they might see the good works that are being worked in. Jesus said, believe for the very work's sake. Look at the good work God's done in my life. And all these, look at the good work he's done. And he's doing it. He's doing it. It's a challenge to us every day to wake up, to get up, and to do something. For God. For God. Now it's easy to get up and do it for a dollar or as many of them as you can get. That's, that's Most of the time people are pretty motivated by that. And for food. And you know the Bible said that the Lord is well aware of your needs. Well aware of that. But he said don't get like the unbelievers of this world. That that's all they live for and that's all they seek for. He said, I know what you have need of. I had a brand new Bible study person and they got the light bulb turned on. I didn't teach about it, frankly. I was teaching the basics. Teaching the basics, just like in the academy. 
and then put the basics in concrete. And that's what I've been doing. And uh, But the individual said to me, I, I want to start giving my tithes like the Bible teaches. And I said, okay. I said, I certainly commend you for that. I said, God will bless you for that. You put God first, he will bless you. And so the individual, the next time we had Bible study, it's usually every week, every Wednesday morning at 7.30 in the morning. And uh, at the end of the Bible study, which is about a quarter of nine, they handed me an envelope. said, this is my time. And they were just so happy to give it. I said, okay, church and God, we all thank you, and I'm sure the Lord will bless you. And so it, uh, the next time we had Bible study, uh, you know, we just had Bible study. Matter of fact, I think the next time we had Bible study, this individual couldn't come. They had to, they had to go into work early. So it was two weeks, and so which meant another pay period. And so, but when they came, they didn't bring an envelope. I didn't say anything. I just, you know, I didn't even think of it, to tell you the truth. But they did, and they actually told me, called on the phone, and and said, "I, I need to tell you something." Okay, said. Uh, I, I got my check, my paycheck, and I sat down and I paid all my bills. And said, when I got done paying all my bills, the individual said, the Lord spoke to him and said, God said, where's mine? <laughs> and, and she went on to say that the next day, I went and got my mail, and in the mail was a check. And they said it was something to do with past overtime or something. She said, I don't even know quite what it was. She said, but here's my tithe on it. She was just so happy. Wow. That is not the first time that that's ever happened, you know, and uh, to people. What I'm saying to you is that God wants to help you to wake up inside. That, to the things that he does and the things that he has done over and over and over again. All the wonderful things that he's done. All the wonderful things that he has done over and over and over again. Wake up, as the Bible said, awake, wake up, all of us. Let's, let's hear the, the pounding on the door. Let's, let's hear the, the voice of the one inside that has the gifts, has everything we have need of. Let's see our city, our tri-city area. Let's see our families. Yes, you want your family to be saved, but you've got to, you got to win them. And once having told them, and once from there on, you live the life, church family. You know, all you cooks know that a watch pot never boils. <laughs> so you can't stand over that situation. You've got to go on. To reaching and doing and work. Uh, what did the Bible say? Uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We've got to be doing that. We've got to be about our Father's business, the Scripture teaches. And as we go about and do those things and live that life and keep that inner man stirred up and that light shining, then people, as it said, you don't take the, the light and put it under a bushel basket and shove it under the bed. 
It said you set it up on the table so that all that are coming might see the light. You going to put your light out over a ponytail? You going to put your light out over what? What could you possibly think of or name that would be worth it? You let your light so shine. You ask God to help you to turn the, the wattage up and the amperage up on that light. You know, they do have rheostats, and it does start out, and then it gets brighter and brighter as you reduce the resistance more and more. And so, and that, that current is flowing. You know, the more we can get rid of this resistance to God, the more that the Holy Ghost current can flow in our lives, and the brighter the light will shine. And that's what's going to save your family. That's what's going to affect them. And you know what? If it does nothing but drive them away, then so be it. So be it. You and I have a calling. We're going to live for God. First order of business is we're going to answer the call. Knocking on the door. Got some needs. Eh, you know, I'm really snuggled in here. Yeah, well, we got to wake you up because you've got what we need. Yeah. We're going to wake up that inner man. We're going to wake up that which God works through and how God works and, and gives the gifts and the move of the Spirit to that inner man. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Yes, sir. How beautiful it is. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, friend, I remember. I came to the altar, and it wasn't church night. It wasn't prayer meeting night. It was, you're going to get the Holy Ghost night. I thought I was going to pray for, for these bunch of guys that argued with me about the Word of God. They told me that God didn't show himself to Moses in a burning bush. They said that was aliens from outer space. That's what they told me. All kinds of things like that. Argued for two hours. Finally, I got away from them, and I just so burdened, I went to the church house. It was locked. It was a Monday night. Well, there was a preacher in training living upstairs, and he came down, and he, he looked at me sitting there. And he said, I better let you in. He unlocked the door, and I stumbled in and made my way down to the altar. I began to try to pray. What did I know about praying? I was brand new. I was in tattered jeans and, you know, facial hair and long hair. Believe that or that stretch your imagination, I know. And uh, I was just a lost hippie. Buddha hanging around my neck. All kinds of garbage in my life. That was the light stuff. And uh, I began to pray. I began to call on God. And, you know, as I did, all of a sudden his hands started jumping. And I'm like, say what? I didn't do that. And when I, I did that, it dropped, it stopped. And that's when I got really scared. <laughs> and that's when I really started to pray in earnest. Oh, God, don't leave me. <laughs> Next thing I know, whoo, both hands. I look like Brother Altez, only he's not here this morning. You know, they were just going, friend. <laughs> And the next thing I know, I begin to speak in another tongue or language as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance. 
And about an hour and a half or two hours later of that, you know, and, and by that time, the guy that had witnessed to me and his wife, along with my wife, had come in, and they witnessed the whole thing. And, and uh, he kept saying, come on, come on, you can get the Holy Ghost. And in my mind, I'm thinking, are you blind? I have the Holy Ghost. I'm getting the Holy Ghost. Well, I couldn't speak in English. I'd look at him, and he'd come out in another tongue, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't speak in English. <laughs> and I was having a pretty good time. I really didn't want to speak in English. And, uh, and so uh, finally I just slumped back against the altar, and I was just completely worn out, wrung out. What did the Bible say? Uh, fell as dead at his feet in his presence, in his power. I was completely wiped out. And uh, I remember they said to me, how do you feel? I said, I'm tired and I'm hungry. Let's go get a pizza. I was just completely worn out. Outwardly, but not inwardly. Inwardly, I was on fire. Inwardly, I was cloaked with zeal. Inwardly, the light was burning and shining brightly. And I didn't know two and two biblically. Made four, but I had all kinds of zeal and desire to learn. I began to read that book, and I'd been reading it, and I started really reading it then. Yes, sir, let me tell you. You let God wake up the inner person for you. Wake you up, stir you up, every one of us. And this town won't know what to do. You hear me? Except for the ones that will believe. They will believe. We want them to believe. It's not a difficult message. Repent. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. And God will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the plan of salvation. Believe it. Obey it. Okay? Believe it and obey it. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Okay? It doesn't matter. Just start believing it. Start believing it. Put your finger right there in the Bible on it and read it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right there in your Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. And then, as you get that experience, you're born again. You're in the body of Christ. Then you're Romans to Revelation. You're now trying to stay saved. You got saved when you did that. Now you want to, how do I stay saved? That's where your Bible will teach you about the renewing of the Holy Ghost. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. You know, the guy down at the bar, you know, he gets drunk, he give me another one. Right? I can drive, I'm just fine. Where's the door? You know? He wants another one. One for the road. Okay. He's dangerous. He's killing himself. But you know what? When they accuse the church of being drunk, the church didn't deny it. He just said, we're not drunk like you think. We're drunk on new wine. We're drunk on the Spirit of God. So how do we act? We act like this. Woo! We're not dangerous. 
We're not destructive. We're happy. We're excited. Yeah. Yeah, I lost my jelly beans. That's all right. I'll leave them there and let the girls get them, the kids get them. <laughs> they won't have to get me digging in my pocket then, will they? Yes, sir. Let me, I'm telling you, see, we get excited. Good things come out. <laughs> Good things come out. Oh, yeah, let me tell you something. This Holy Ghost is great. <laughs> this Holy Ghost is great. And I want you to believe that. I want you to believe that with me. And I want you to be so happy for those of you that have it. And keep being happy about it. You're saved by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's what, just like when you do it wrong, we don't baptize you again. You go to 1 John 1 and 9 and you learn how to take care of that situation. Okay? In your life. And then, same thing. You're going to stay in this by staying renewed in this. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. Give me another drink. Huh? Give me another shot of makes me dance, makes me shout, makes me rejoice, makes me drop my jelly beans. Okay? Give me another shot of that. Helps me to go another day, another week, another month, another year, and it starts piling up and piling up, and, and this becomes your way of life. This becomes who you are. And you're, you're, what did I tell somebody this morning? David said, my heart is fixed. My heart is set. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to live for God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Come on. Let's stand together. Don't give away eternal life for a ponytail or anything else. There's nothing you can think of. There's nothing really that the devil can offer you that's worth trading eternal life for. Of course he tells you, well, just for a little while, you can go back. No, it don't work that way so easily. You know? I could have Enrique turn the light off right now and then flip it right back on. That's easy. But that's natural. Not that easy in the Holy Ghost church family. The devil's a liar and the father of it. Amen. You don't let go of this. You do not let go of this. You don't go running off all kinds of different directions and Jesus has to say, where are they? You know? I don't want to be saying, Jose, who? I want you here so we know who you are. You understand? Sometimes we have to say that because like somebody's not around all of a sudden. You know, they're not in prayer meetings. They're, they're not in pre-service. They're not at outreach. They're not at these different things. So you're like, who are they? Where do they go? What's going on? No, you want to be present and accounted for. You want to be a partaker of this thing. Everybody said amen. 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 You want to, you, you don't want there to ever be any question about who you are. You know, I'm, I'm right there on the front line. I'm on the firing line. I'm, on, I'm right out there with this thing. My light is shining. I'm part of that which city that's set upon the hill. Everybody said amen. amen. This is a, this, I don't even like to sing this little light of mine. I know we do it with the kids, but I think we should sing it this great light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. One guy said, I'm going to put it on top of the mountain. <laughs> he said, I'm going to let it shine. Well, let's do that. 
Everybody said praise the Lord. Come on, take a moment. Lift your hearts with your hands. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you, dear God. I praise you, dear King. I worship you, holy, great, and mighty Savior. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, you're so great and so mighty. You've never failed, oh, Lord. You've never made a mistake, and I need you. Humbly, I tell you, Lord, I need you. I need your strength. I need your victory. I need your great encouragement, Lord, in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, come on. Let's turn it up. Yeah, Lord. I will bless the Lord. I will praise His name. I will bless the Lord. I will praise His name. For the rest of my life, I'm forever proclaim that He good. He Oh, 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 oh,